and welcome to Twigged. A light-hearted plant-based podcast exploring the vegetal roots of history and folklore, what'll kill you, and what makes a decent snack. I'm Alex, a foraging and history enthusiast. I'm Alice, and Alex has described me as a plant-eating expert, so I'm going to go with that. And then we'll do that. Okay. So, like, for example, I don't have written down the Latin name or the physical description or... Um, stuff like that. I've got it. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's going to be grand. Don't worry. Grand. <laughs> awesome. So let's announce what plant we're doing this week. Nettles. This week we're doing nettles, which is, well, it's one of my favorite plants. Well, I'm, I say that. It's one of my favorite plants in certain contexts and one of my least favorites in other contexts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're specifically going to be talking about the stinging nettle, which is the Urtica dioica. Alice, did you look up the pronunciation? No, I know that you always do that. So (laughs) I leave that to you. (laughs) I mean, we could just make it up and tell people it's um, Natalium stingus. Stingitus. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the Urtica dioica. Dioica. Dioica, okay. Um, So what do the two parts of the name mean? I'm so glad you asked, Alice. I did look this up. Oh, wow. Um, And it's paying off right now. So, urtica is from urere, which is Latin for to burn. Oh, okay. Which, if anyone's ever touched a stinging nettle, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, dioca means of two houses, uh, which is because with some plants, you get both male and female reproductive parts on the same plant, uh, whereas with this one, the plants tend to either have male or female reprodu- reproductive parts and not both together. So it's the burning of two houses. That's really cool. That sounds quite Shakespearean. <laughs> Very Romeo and Juliet. Which leads to, I don't have, I, I don't have any tales to do with Shakespearean nettles at all. Oh, I do. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a quote from Hotspur. Oh man, I I ended up leaving it out actually because I had too much stuff. Oh. Um. Oh, right. Okay, so it's in Henry the Fourth, Part One, and it's Act Two, Scene Three. Out of this nettle danger, we pluck this flower safety. Oh, very good. Awesome. Uh, should we do a little bit of a physical description? Yes. All I would say is green, very like vibrant green, spiky leaves. Well, they the shape, it looks spiky, but it's not actually spiky. The reason it's stingy is because it has little hairs. Yeah, they've got like really hairy stems and leaves. And the leaves are heavily serrated and kind of heart-shaped. They're wider at the top and then they taper out into quite a thin tip. And they grow in opposite pairs along the stems. You've got like two poking out uh, on either side. And then at a 90 degree angle from those, you've got two pointing out um, on opposite sides. And then it kind of works its way up. And they get quite tall. They can be at least a meter. They exist in, in Europe, in parts of Asia, Western North Africa. They've been introduced to North America, Australia and South America. So they're really, really widespread. And should we talk a little bit about the stinging of them? Yeah. Because that's the the thing that we all know about them is that. Yeah, for sure. 
Is it at the top of the nettles is actually not stingy at all? It's only the sides and the undersides of the leaves that are the stingy parts? Yeah. I got such a bad one last summer. For about, I think about five days, I had like raised welts. Oh, God. It was horrendous. No dock leaves nearby. No, and dock leaves is interesting because they're not sure if it's a real thing or if it's just a placebo effect. Oh, interesting. There's some theory that the sap of the crushed dock leaf might be like a bit of a cooling agent, but there's no real scientific proof to support that. And what I've heard from someone else, I went on a foraging course once and the man leading it thought the dock leaf thing was all a bunch of crap. Oh, okay. But he believed that greater plantain leaves, which you might recognize, they're quite wide, round leaves. Those apparently might have some antihistamine properties. I like remember as a kid going out and getting stung really badly by nettles and my granny picking some dock leaves and like rubbing them on my leg for me and having these big like green stains on my legs from the dock leaves. I feel like it worked. I thought I feel like I remember it worked. There's also nothing wrong with a placebo effect, is there? Like if Yeah. If you feel that it works, especially when it's something that's not like it's not harming you in a big way it just hurts a bit as long as it's a little relief whether it's a placebo or not it doesn't really matter exactly I found the uh I I was trying to wrap my mind around what exactly happens when you get stung by nettles because I found it really interesting yeah and I'm such a bit of a biological dunce but here's what I've kind of understood okay so nettles have hollow hairs called trichomes on their stems and leaves. And when you brush against them, it kind of rips off the little tip of them, which is a soft tip. It exposes a jagged edge. And then that injects the skin with a mix of chemicals. They haven't quite figured out what all the chemicals that are injected into people are, but there is at least serotonin, acetylcholine, and histamine. So these create burning and inflammation. Uh, So I think it's really interesting. Apparently it's a bit like a hypodermic needle because they're hollow and then they like shoot this uh, chemical cocktail into people. Wow. Which seems really sinister. (laughs) Yeah, that's um, that's a lot more sophisticated than I thought. Yeah, right? (laughs) I thought it was just like on the little hairs and they brushed against you and that was it. So in first lockdown, when we were still wrapping our minds around the fact that we couldn't really do anything, Rich and I ended up playing a game called Stinging Nettle or Not Stinging Nettle. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, because you get different types of nettles. And there's the the stinging nettle that we're really familiar with. But you also have the white dead nettle. It's got a slightly different shade of green to it. It's also got white flowers, which the stinging nettle doesn't. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's a different type of plant, but it looks very similar. Yeah. And then we'd be like, is this a stinging nettle or a not stinging nettle? And then we'd touch it and find out. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) terrible. It's like Russian roulette for plant lovers. (laughs) We hadn't learned to cope with lockdown yet. And now I'm a bit worried about you. (laughs) Well, but then we our, our game had to stop because we got really good at identifying which one was which. Oh, and, and, you, and then we couldn't play anymore. You never got stung anymore. And then obviously that was no fun. So Yeah. <laughs> there was no risk. <laughs> so boring. Now we've had to, to graduate to real Russian roulette. And that's a uh, whole different... That's for a whole different podcast. Alice, can you eat it? Yes. Yay! <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm so happy when you can eat the plant. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> this one's got everything. Nettles are like a smorgasbord of everything that we enjoy. Smorgasbord is such a good word, especially the way you say it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm it's saying it again, right. Alex. <laughs> smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, you can eat it. There's tons of uh, history to do with it, and there's some good folklore too. So, um, yeah. Um, really good for you as well. Rich in magnesium, calcium, iron. Yeah, and it's got tons of protein in it, apparently. Oh, really? Too. Awesome. And vitamins A and C. And it's very plentiful. You can, there's loads of it growing all over the place, and you can go and forage some for free. You only want to get either the young plants or the tips of slightly older plants. You want it to like be quite a vibrant green. You don't want to get it when it's a bit older, partly because it doesn't taste as good, but also because as it gets older, it develops calcium oxalate crystals, and those can give you an upset stomach and also potentially lead to urinary tract problems, which sounds not good. Oh, no. Okay. So (laughs) young, green. Um, Is there any advice about like how high it should be? How how old is too old slash how high is too high? Yeah, there's like rough rules of thumb. I think the main thing is you want it to be a really vibrant green because they get quite dull when they get older. Okay. You can tell by looking at it then that it's healthy. Yeah. And as a general rule of thumb, you want to pick the young plants when they're less than 20 centimeters tall or the t- like the top 10 centimeter tips of the plant. So either bring pretty hefty gloves or there's a theory that if you grasp them really firmly as opposed to picking them gently, they don't hurt you as much. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. I did when we were picking some to 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 make a risotto once. I decided that my thumb was immune to them cuz it it wasn't hurting. I was like picking them up and I was doing kind of the firm grasp and I was like my thumb is absolutely fine and then when I finished cooking and went to eat it started to throb quite a bit and I was like oh I don't think I'm immune to that (laughs) wishful thinking okay I'm just going to list a few ways that they can be cooked and then we will post a couple of these the other ones you can look up there's lots of stuff about eating nettles on the internet and in some of my favorite foraging books In The Edible City by John Renston, he gives some recipes for a nettle tempura and a way of making nettle beer, which I really want to try at some point. They both sound amazing. There's a nettle soup, which is a really famous use for it. You can make pesto with it. You can make a puree. Uh, In Albania, apparently, it's sometimes used as a dough filling for borek pastry. And in Greece, have you ever had spanakopita? Yes. Oh, I love spanakopita. Me too. And apparently there's another version called hortopita or hortopita, kind of like spanakopita, but with wild greens. And you can use uh, nettles in that. Oh, I bet that's delicious. You can also apparently make tea from dried leaves and flowers. Oh, yeah. I've tried uh, like peppermint and nettle tea. Ah, there you go. It's really good. Did you see that it's, uh, it's sometimes used... To make some cheeses. Yeah, funny, I was just going to say that. They seem to use it quite a lot in cheese, whether it's like an ingredient in the cheese or they use it to like wrap the cheese up in the nettle leaves. I'm really excited to eat a Cornish yarg at some point, which yeah. is wrapped in dried nettle leaves. Yeah, and they use it to make gouda as well. Oh, did you read about the Wild Nettle Eating Championship? No. Yes. So it dates all the way back to 1986. 
Awesome. Apparently there were two farmers down in Dorset and they were having an argument about who had the longest stinging nettles on their field. Yeah. There is a quote that says that one of them said to the other, I'll eat any nettle of yours that's longer than mine. And thusly, the wild nettle eating championship was born. Oh, wow. Competitors are given stalks of nettles two feet long, and it lasts an hour. And at the end of the hour, they count how many feet of nettle stems they've got through and eaten all the leaves off of. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What Uh, is with the the English? (laughs) Nettle eating, cheese rolling, like, they don't know what to be at. (laughs) I want to go to the cheese rolling one year. It would be so fun. Can we go? Yeah, we should go. Great. The winner that I could find who had eaten the most was 80 feet. Wow, that poor person. I know. Um, great, we're going to talk about medicine. Okay. There's an Anglo-Saxon medical manuscript called Lacnunga. So it's 10th century traditional medicine. And in it, there's something called the Nine Herbs Charm. It's nine plants that are prepared, and then there's a charm or a poem that's recited or sung over each herb three times before preparing them. And the plants that are included in the nine herbs charm are mugwort, plantain, lamb's crest, nettle, betony, mayweed, crab apple, thyme, and fennel. Oh, very good. Yeah, so they were like crushed into a paste with old soap and what they call apple gore, which I think is like the mushy bits of the apple, or yeah. like mushed up bits of apple, and then applied to to the wound. And nettles were thought to help with lactation, and they were used on the skin to treat rheumatism. Apparently Romans were said to have rubbed their skin or like beaten themselves with nettles to stimulate blood flow, and oh, wow. that would help them stay warm during campaigns in northern countries. Oh, Okay. But it might not have been the exact nettle that we're talking about here. It might have oh, been yeah. the kind of cousin or a different urtica nettle. Yeah. I read that the fiber could be spun into string to make fabric. And the German army used nettle fabric for their uniforms in World War One. I. I saw that, which is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I had no idea about that. No. So did you see that it had to do with the UK and the US controlled uh, cotton production. Oh, I didn't realize that was why. Yeah, so the German army didn't have any any access to cotton anymore. So they ended up using using nettles for cloth, which had been used before for ages and was like a fairly common cloth for a long time, I think. I wonder why they swapped from nettles to cotton. Was it like a bit easier to produce or more comfortable or so I think from what I've read cotton is a finer fabric so yeah. it's a bit softer and more delicate uh, nettle fabric is is a bit coarser yeah but it's much more easily grown cuz cotton takes a lot of water it's quite environmentally taxing did you see that they've also used it to make paper all you need is nettles all you need is nettles like if we find a way to build a house with it then All you need is nettles. You can live (laughs) in it, it. you can wear it, you can eat it, you can write on it. (laughs) Get rid of everything else. You can also use it for dye. So if you get bored of things being one color, they can then become a different color if that color is either yellow or a yellowy green. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a 
And apparently uh, you can also make a softening hair rinse with nettles. I'll try it and I'll report back. There are so many nettle experiments I want to do yeah. now. <laughs> I am slightly nervous that it'll end up, I'll do something wrong and I'll end up with like an itchy scalp. But uh, yeah, I'll be standing by with dock leaves. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> to rub them on your head. <laughs> so I have a fact that may lead from nettle fabric to folklore. Are, oh. are we ready to jump there yet? I think the time is ripe. So I haven't actually read this myself, but in The Wild Swans by Hans Christian Andersen, the princess had to wear a jacket made out of nettles in order to break a spell that was cast on her brothers. Yes, I looked up The Wild Swans. Yeah. Yeah, so I've written a overly lengthy summary of The Wild Swans. Oh, please tell it to me because I've never read the the story and I don't think I've seen a film adaptation or anything so I don't know anything about the wild swans. Okay so yeah it's a Hans Christian Andersen tale and it's about Princess Eliza and her 11 brothers. Her so 11 they, brothers? 11 brothers. 11? 11. Oh okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying a different word than 11. Okay. I thought you were just in disbelief at the number 11. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Eliza and her brothers uh, have a very happy childhood until their mother dies and their father remarries a very, very horrible, wicked queen who gives them cups of sand instead of cake at the wedding. And she's really awful to them. Oh, no. So the boys, she turns into 11 beautiful swans wearing golden crowns. And Eliza, when none of her spells work on her, she ends up smearing horrible dirt and foul-smelling oils all over her until Eliza runs away trying to find her brothers. This is horrible. She finally gets to a wood where she sees 11 swans circling in the sky and then they land just as the sun sets and turn into her 11 brothers. So it turns out that they are swans by day and men by night. But they're not really allowed to live in this land. They're only allowed to visit for a couple of days a year. And they're just about to have to go back to the land far away where they live. So they decide to make a net for Eliza and they bring her with them. And there she ends up living in a cave and has this vision in her sleep of what she needs to do to save them. So what she needs to do is to make 11 long-sleeved coats for her brothers out of nettles. So she needs to pick them and work them with her hands and feet. And she's not allowed to speak the entire time she's doing this. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how long it takes, she has to be silent. Otherwise, her brothers will die immediately. Oh, my God. So she starts working. And eventually, the king finds her in this cave. And she's this beautiful woman living in this cave. And he invites her to come live at the palace where she can continue her work. He doesn't know what it's for. And of course, when she's there, because it's a fairy tale, she falls in love with the king and he falls in love with her. But she she doesn't talk, though, right? Oh, no, but this is quite an oldie-timey tale, I think, and they liked the silent women. They did like the silent women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, sorry, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. But lots of his advisors are worried that she might be a witch, which he doesn't believe at first, But then one of them sees her going into a graveyard to pick nettles. This seems enough for them to have a trial. She's convicted of witchcraft and sentenced to be burned at the stake. Alex, she said this was going to be lighthearted. I'm sorry. Just just bear with me. Hang in there, Alice. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
So furiously, she's trying to finish these 11 coats as she's being carted to the stake and as she's being brought up to it. She's she's sewing, she's knitting, she's trying to finish them. And as they're about to tie her to the stake, her 11 brothers arrive as swans and she throws these coats over them. And they all turn back into beautiful princes, except the very youngest, whose coat is missing a sleeve. And so one of his arms remains wing. But she's allowed to speak now so she can defend herself and her brothers can defend her because they're human beings now. So she and the king fall in love again. She's not burned at the stake and they get married and everything is fine and happy. And that's it. Grit, grit. That it's was quite... such a nice... Why do people call them fairy tales and act like they're really sweet, nice, yeah. wholesome stories? They're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, a lot of them are quite dark, especially the Hans Christian Andersen stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, because they used to kind of be moralistic tales, aren't they? And yeah. this one is, I don't know, maybe about keeping your mouth shut and getting work done despite yeah. trying circumstances. And just because someone accuses you of witchcraft and tries to get you burnt at the stake doesn't mean you shouldn't marry them. It was just yeah. a misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, you know, good conversation is not everything in a relationship. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so nettles come up in sayings in quite a few different languages. I'm going to attempt the German because it might be vaguely um, coherent. We have a listener in Germany, by the way. Oh, no. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> in advance, I apologize. They can let us know where we went wrong. <laughs> so sitch in die Nesseln setzen. Beautiful. Means sitting in nettles. Um, so basically the saying is like, if you're sitting in nettles, you're getting in trouble. And in Hungarian and Serbian, they actually have the same phrase. I'm definitely not going to attempt it. Um, but it literally means lightning never strikes nettles. Um, so basically, like, bad things don't happen to bad people. Oh, no. That's like that's a, awful. Yeah, sword's law kind of thing. Oh, crap. Um, and in Dutch, they talk about a nettle situation. So like a sticky situation or a difficult situation. Oh, I like those. Those are great. So yeah, our, our nettles come up all over the place. Um, can you tell me the thing about the fairies? or el Was it elves or fairies? Um, the Danish believed that there were elves buried where nettles grow. And I'm not sure if that's where they buried elves or if the nettles grew because the elves were buried there. I have no idea. There's a similar one in um, Celtic lore that yeah. where there are lots of nettles, fairies live nearby. Oh, yeah. I like the idea that, yeah, if you walk around and you see lots of nettles, you can be like, there must be fairies nearby. Yeah. I like that. Maybe the, if there's loads of nettles, so many nettles that you can't wade through them, it's to like protect the fairies' homes. So part of the whole nettles plus fairies thing is that the sting of the nettle is said to protect against black magic. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of everything that we've prepared. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened and to everyone who listened to our first two podcasts. Um, if you do like it, please subscribe on your podcasting app and tell your friends about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, if you've got any comments, facts to share, if you want to request a plant that we do um, another time, it would be lovely to hear from you. So our website address is twiggedpodcast.com 
And if you would like, you can email us on twiggedpodcast at gmail.com. And we've also now got an Instagram account, which is at Twigged Podcast. And we hope you can join us every fortnight. Thanks so much for listening to Twigged. Oh yeah, I got a tattoo um, when I was at uni and my mum was raging. Do you have a tattoo? You, Alex, you of all people should remember this. Do I? Because you told me that my tattoo was ironic. <laughs> <laughs> what does your tattoo say? It says carpe diem. <laughs> <laughs>